0: by the way you know when you're when you're telling these little stories here's a good idea have a point it makes it so much more interesting for the listener you want to hurt me go right ahead if it makes you feel any better i'm
1: an easy target yeah you're right i talk too much i also listen too much
0: i could be a cold-hearted cynic like you but I don't like to hurt people's feelings. Well, you think what you want about me.
1: I'm not changing.
0: I like... I like me. My wife
1: likes me. My customers like me. Because I'm the real article.
0: What you see is what you get. Why did you kiss my ear?
1: Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? Between two pillows. Those aren't pillows. Yeah, where are you going? Chicago. Chicago?
0: Chicago. You know you're in St. Louis? Yes, I do. Why don't you try the airlines? A lot faster, or you get a free meal. If I wanted a joke, I'd follow you into the John and watch you take a leak. Are you going to help me, or are you going to
2: stand there like a slab of meat with mitts? Is this your trunk?
1: Yeah. You should try
0: lugging this thing around New York City.
1: <laughs> Welcome
2: to Sleep Delay Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike McSoonis. How's everybody doing? I'm doing great. What's up, Jameson? How you doing, sir?
0: Great, Mike. It's great to be here.
2: I had to start over, people, because I, I blew the first, you know, I don't know, man. It's been a bad day, sir, that it has been. You've been the consoler, sir.
0: <laughs> True enough, yes. Oh, man. It seems like chaos is going on around me. So can I vent a little bit, sir, before we get rolling? Please do. Might as well start off a
2: Thanksgiving episode with some venting, right?
0: Yeah, yeah right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it, I knew it was one of those days when uh, I wake up this morning and I'm like, okay, I barely have enough gas and I get to work and uh, I tried to load planes, trains, and automobiles on my iPod, but it, it wouldn't work. I was like, okay, what's the deal? So I went off to work and I come home to take my daughter to school and it's You know, right before I walk in, my wife's sending me a text message. Hey, the wireless router isn't working. I'm like, oh, that's great. And then my daughter, me and her start scrapping, dude. We start fighting about her being late for school. And I'm like, you're not late for school when you're there five minutes early and blah, blah, blah. Oh, man, it was terrible, dude. And then after I got into a fight with her and then I supposedly fixed the wireless router, there's a car crash right in front of my house. I had to go around that. I was like, Oh my gosh, and then my wife took my other daughter to school, and she had this crazy traffic thing going on and and oh, it's just like one thing after another leading up, man, it seems it's running in your family too, sir. so eh, what the heck's going on with today, sir?
0: I don't know, I guess it's a crazy day, you know and my my wife had some issues too. My big issue, my coffee was a little too hot this morning. uh oh, did you uh pull
2: the McDonald's? situation and burn yourself, and now you're going to (laughs) sue them?
0: If only. (laughs) No, just, you know, burn the roof of my tongue, roof of my mouth. Everything tastes like styrofoam right now. You know, no big deal. Don't you hate that, man? (laughs) I do. It's terrible.
2: But I am excited, sir. First time ever, which, you know, I mean, that's what you do. You do it once, and that's it. But first time ever to do a Blade Straits at Automobiles for the podcast, sir.
0: I am very excited, man. This is... Man, I love this movie so much.
2: It's true. Last, you know, you're like, dude, what'd you do for Thanksgiving last year? I did Twins, man. That's what I did.
0: The, the Thanksgiving classic.
2: Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's all good. I, you know, like, I, I said in the last episode, I needed a perfect time to do this movie. This is the perfect time. And man, it, I, man, I didn't forget how awesome this movie was, but. It just it blows my mind how awesome this movie is. You just is. reappreciate it? Exactly. But of course we'll get into that sir after we get into some uh movie and music news sir. All right. <laughs> to talk some star wars man okay your movie dude um did you hear r2d2 is officially in star wars today yes okay thoughts sir because i've been hearing luke skywalker hasn't even been asked to come back so let's talk some star wars let's go dude what do you think of the rumors going on let's go all right
0: first off i don't know if there's a franchise that is more rumor filled than star wars especially now that there's a new movie coming out Star Wars rumors are really a dime a dozen, so I, I do, it's exciting to hear a lot of different things, but this whole um, original cast, you know, idea has been up and down and back and forth, and and I've kind of learned to just kind of, I'll wait until I see it, you know, locked in. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it would be cool to see Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and everybody in it, you know, for in whatever capacity they're in, it would be great to see. But if they're not, it's not going to ruin my day. Um, I kind of assumed because R2 and C-3PO are kind of the um, kind of the main line through all the movies, kind of the, the thread that runs all, through all six movies. Yep. I assume that they'd be in this one as well. So that right. wasn't a real shock to me.
2: It's true. Uh, I kind of thought the same thing. I thought it was kind of a given. I was like, well, who's the person that's going to be in? And they're like, R2-D2. I'm like, yeah, but I already knew that. Tell me somebody I didn't
0: know, you know? Yeah, R2, I mean, basically, R2 moves the story along through the entire franchise. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're going to have a seventh one, I would assume that he'd be in it.
2: It's true, man. It's true. Uh, You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not really excited. I'm not like down on it i'm just kind of like yeah you know it's cool man i mean whenever it happens is whenever it happens you know it's i mean i know star wars is your thing but it just it's too far along into the future for me to really get excited at this point you know what i mean
0: no i know exactly what you mean i mean there's a there's every day there's more rumors and more casting news and more this and that and you can really get wound up on Star Wars news and I mean just Star Wars in general is just so far reaching now it's just Star Wars touches every corner of the universe and so if you want to if you want to try and collect all the Star Wars things and keep up on those Star Wars rumors it can consume your life very easily Um, and so I've kind of learned to kind of pull back a little bit you know and kind of let it come to me instead
2: yeah it's true Uh, but on a brighter note more happier note what do you think about Bat Kid, sir? What Bat Kid? You don't know about the kid that got to make the wish uh, as to be Batman, and they they transformed Seattle into Gotham City for a whole day, and like all the Batmans were just going off how great it was. You don't know about Bat Kid?
0: No, I haven't heard about this.
2: Are you serious? You're, yeah, yeah. You seriously don't know about Bat Kid? I've like shared this story like five times on Facebook. Have you really? Yeah. Okay. I'm
0: not on Facebook
2: a whole lot. Uh, yeah, right. Good <laughs> this guy over here. Okay. So, Bat Kid is this uh, He's this kid from Make-A-Wish Foundation. And he's five years old. And he basically, his biggest request was to be Batman. So, San Francisco, they took like a Ferrari and they pimped it out to be a Batmobile. And this kid uh, had his little brother as Robin. And his dad drove him all around town and they had... People set up for him to save and everything. It was just like everybody coming together to make this make a wish, uh, you know, make a wish history. Almost, it was such an awesome story, man. It was really, really heart, you know, really heartfelt and stuff. But the cool thing is, is that all the Batmans that played him, you know, they went through Kevin Conroy and and Christian Bale and Ben Affleck. You know, Ben Affleck's like greatest Batman ever. The coolest thing was that uh, I watched a Michael Keaton interview. Michael Keaton was walking down the street of course he had no hair it was cool but a guy comes up to him and he kind of gives him the little shift a little bit like you know i want to talk to you but he brings up bat kid and he goes oh yeah yeah this is great and he and he's like let's not talk about batman let's talk about this kid how cool is it for this kid he would get all this you know to have this happen to him and you know he's gonna die knowing that he got his biggest wish ever you know it was just so cool you know so i'm That's very shocked cool. dude that you don't know about this story man
0: I can't be on top of everything.
2: It, it's true, man. And then uh, shortly after this, there was talk about Christian Bale giving Ben Affleck uh, pointers for, for being Batman. The, the biggest pointer of all. Uh, did you hear about this one?
0: Um, I just I read a little headline thing. out. Okay. I didn't actually read it.
2: Basically, he's telling him that uh, make sure if you got a P... That you're able to do it yourself because it's very humiliating to have somebody mm-hmm. help you go pee in the suit. It is kind of funny, you know. It's just a good rule
0: for life, though.
2: Yeah, Not just for being <laughs> Batman. Oh man, it's true, sir. But it was such a it's such a great story, man. Especially just check it out, man. Watch all the videos and stuff, and it's just a really cute kid. It's good times, man. Very cool. Um, so Errol, obviously we're talking some CCP news, but hey. We'll talk CCP stuff after we get done with this episode, what we're planning and stuff. But sure. uh, Arrow, as you know, was going to have the Flash come in and kind of have a backdoor pilot. Well, he's officially getting his own pilot, man. Did you hear the about flashes. Yeah, the Flash. Yes. So they're still going to keep his episodes. They're not like cutting it out of Arrow, but they're going to just up and give this guy his pilot. So that's cool, man.
0: I think that's great.
2: Yeah, and then Arrow's officially going to get his uh, domino mask as yeah. well. It's coming in December. So I- I'm loving this season, man. It's phenomenal. It's good times,
0: man. Yeah, I'm gl- I'm really glad that they decided to uh, branch the Flash off into his own brand, if you will. I think that's cool. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for that one, too.
2: It's true. Uh, you know, one thing I wanted to talk about in regards to this whole uh, Batman versus Superman, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Isn't this terrible that... S- Dude, Superman never gets talked about. It's all about Batman. This is a Batman movie, dude. It's kind of that's ridiculous, a, that's,
0: man. That's exactly what was my first thought when the big casting news came out. Was that, that was my only drawback to the Affleck casting was that it was, you know, I said it then, that it's going to become all about Batman because he's the big name, you know. And, it, and he even gets, Batman gets top billing in the Superman sequel. You know, it's <laughs> Batman versus Superman. <laughs> You know, and that's kind of, that was my biggest concern about it was him kind of dominating. But I, I think it might have a silver lining in the fact that, you know, Superman once again can come in kind of under the radar. You know, the, the character can come in under the radar because I think it served it well with Man of Steel that, you know, Henry Cavill was an unknown. And I think it served the movie well that it wasn't just such huge pressure on him that people were kind of like, well, I don't even know this guy. I think it might actually serve it well that that it's all about Affleck, you know?
2: Yeah. I, I, at this point, I'm starting to say, just call it damn thing Justice League. You're getting Wonder Woman in here, uh, you know, this whole Nightwing talk, which the guy that they had confirmed isn't going to be confirmed, whatever. But I'm just like, okay, what are you doing? Are you doing Batman versus Superman? Are you doing Justice League? What's the deal, you know? all i do know for sure is that this is a batman who is kind of retired and has drones going out uh doing his business so batman is still well established so of course there's a lot of similarities like well didn't we see this in the dark knight rises and as the writer has said it's all about the execution i'm like cool let's see what happens that that's kind of the the little spoiler ish stuff they're trying to give you a little bit to the story is that this is a batman who you know we heard about the costume but it's a batman that is just kind of you know he's in his 40s and he's got to have drones go out and stuff that'd be kind of interesting what kind of drones do you have go out are are these like little mini batman robots or what
0: yeah little drones like uh like darth maul used in uh, episode (laughs) one you know hey i just wanted a martian manhunter movie if we can get that i'm happy yeah (laughs) i'm working on it you really like
2: that guy i love martian manhunter he's awesome I always had this. I always had his action figure. I never knew what he was.
0: I was like, "Oh, dude, I have several different versions of John Jones. He's awesome."
2: Good times, good man. Fun. And uh, the final story before I move into other stuff is: yesterday, the uh, official story came out. Paul Walker says, "Fast and Furious Eight is guaranteed." So, in other words, if Fast and Furious Seven bombs, makes absolutely no money, we're still going to get an eight.
0: Of course, Paul Walker saying that. He's gonna do Fast and Furious movies till he's ninety. <laughs> he said because he can't do anything else.
2: The studio told him that it's they want eight, nine, and ten. And he says there's gonna be fifty of them. You know? Yeah, but because he knows that he sucks at anything else.
0: it's <laughs> <laughs> Paul Walker, but you're not a good actor outside of this franchise. Hey,
2: Joyride is awesome, dude.
0: You're not a good actor outside of this franchise. <laughs> hmm. so, so you don't like Joyride? Is that what you're telling me? Hmm. Come on. So anyways, so anyways, <laughs> <laughs> moving
2: along. But anyways, it's, it's funny when I read that story because he was talking about the director, you know, James Wan, how he's handling things. It was a pretty interesting read, I have to say. But it was just, you know, obviously I knew it's guaranteed, man. This is Universal's biggest franchise, so there's no way Seven's going to bomb, but there, he's saying hypothetically if it did, Eight was guaranteed. I'm like, obviously it's going to happen. You sign people on for three more films. You sign on Lucas Black for three more films, you know. So it's not like it's something that... I don't know. It's a shock, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So so there you go, sir. Very
1: good.
2: All right, man. Um, I wanted to talk about Mr. our friend of the podcast, Mr. Billy Zabcon. All right. Um, so I was just curious. Um, in my iPod, I was having some issues, which I actually had to remove all of my podcast in it just to get it to work. It was really stupid. But uh, I accidentally deleted Sweep Delay for some reason. And I and I wanted to get all my episodes back. And while I was doing that, I noticed a few other podcasts had not been downloaded, including yours, episode number one of Movie Mojo Monthly. Which you're like, oh, that's terrible. But I actually found it, huh. I found it very entertaining because Brian's actually in a good mood in that episode.
0: And <laughs> he just gets worse as
2: the episodes go. He gets more <laughs> pissed off.
0: You know? He's a curmudgeon.
2: But um, I re-listened to the hundredth episode just for kicks. You know, I had four hours to kill. Why not? And, uh, <laughs> and of course, you know, I went and searched for Billy Zapcon on iTunes. I'm like, ah, I wonder how, you know, Steep the Leg is in regards to interviews and stuff. I'm like, oh, it's pretty up there. And then I noticed he was on a new podcast, which happened to be the podcast hosted by Mike Barnes from Karate Kid 3. Mm-hmm. I was like, huh. He has no reviews, though. No ratings. And he's been around for, like, a year. So, clearly, nobody listens to this, ep- to this podcast, right? All right. But, but Billy was on. And it was cool. He was in the studio. So... Uh, and the, some of the stuff he talked about, he talks about on this uh, interview. And it was really cool. I mean, you obviously got the the total class ability of Billy that we got on on sweep the leg, but he kind of expanded on some of the stories. You know, like talking about the audition scene I talked about. You know, with Daniel, um, how one of the Cobra Kai's almost got killed. You know, Chad uh, McQueen, uh, he he hit a wall and he was he almost died. So how he doesn't really talk to him and stuff. So it's pretty good. It's a pretty good listen i I recommend it especially it's kind of like a part two of the sweep the leg uh interview almost so i really enjoy it man i think you should check it out even though mike barnes is really a douchebag on on the podcast (laughs) he is dude it's him and his wife and for like five minutes he's just going off on his wife i'm just like dude hey
0: if we've learned anything around here though is that mike can look past you being a douchebag if you can do some sweet kicks
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh man I knew that was coming, <laughs> and it's not—it's not kicks; it's flips. Sir, get oh, it, right. get, all it right. get it, right, sucker.
0: Get it right, moron.
2: Get a dictionary. <laughs> but it was funny, man, hearing us talk about Rocky Balboa, and you're like, I don't mean to, you know, toot my own horn or anything, but I thought our Rocky Balboa episode was really good. It was funny hearing you say that, man.
0: It's a good time. It was the quintessential review of Rocky Balboa.
2: It was for sure, and nobody downloaded it, so it's all good. So perfect. So let's talk about some music, sir. Uh, right. Today came out, or yeah, I can't talk today. Mm-hmm. The new Chris Daughtry CD came out today. Um, I picked it up; it's good stuff. Um, it's kind of different, man. It's—I uh, would say there's one song on there that's rocking. The rest of it's kind of like—I don't know. It, it's kind of like he chilled out a little bit on this on this uh, CD. I really. Well, I remember
0: do. you saying. I remember you saying on the um, Puppet Master, I think, episode you had talked about you know, kind of getting singles off of this one. Yeah. I think it was kind of more poppy than ever.
2: Yeah, um, which is Looking for Superman was the was the first single. And I'll be honest with you, I never listened to it all the way through. Uh, when I got the album, I listened to it all the way through, and I was like, wow, this is actually an incredible song. So, spoiler alert, it might be the music spotlight. Who knows? <laughs> but overall, though, um, I would say that, yeah, it is... I think he's trying to kind of, kind of tone down the guitars, kind of do more acoustic stuff. You know what I mean? It just kind of strip it down a little bit, and it's definitely more pop. It you know pop, you know he always had pop songs with all of his music, but this one kind of seems like he wanted to do what he wanted to do and kind of stripped songs down. And I kind of like when people want to do that, kind of take a risk. You know what I mean? Sure. So yeah. I give that rating on that CD. I give it an eight, solid eight. It's not wow. my not my favorite. Uh, I would say the third album is his best, and followed by the debut, and then this one fits right after the second. Second is my least favorite. So, it's good times, man. So, what do you got? For, what about you, man? What what new music have you been chilling to, sir?
0: Absolutely no new music. <laughs> I've been trying to catch up on a backlog of podcasts. Okay. So there's been no music rolling through my headphones recently.
2: I've been hearing that the last Underground Hour episode I did, which was full of '80s, '90s, and 2000 jams, people are yes. digging. Did you check that out, sir?
0: I have not. I I do want to. I want to check that one out. But I've uh, I'm I'm working through some podcasts from October right now that I'm. Oh, you know.
2: Look at this guy. He's going in order.
0: Awesome. <laughs> That's right. Chronological at all times.
2: So in other words, when I do uh, name that tune and write in. I'm gonna get your email in about three months.
0: Yeah, sometime in January probably. I'll be like, "Dude, I know that song." Okay, but I won't. I won't get the response back because I won't hear the response probably till February. So there you go.
2: All right, fair enough. All right, and uh, the final thing I want to talk about, and uh, I know you'll probably be like, "Well, I can't help you with this," but you can go along with me on this one. I sure. want to talk some video game news, sir.
0: Let's do it. I wanna play a game.
1: You wanna play? Ah! <laughs> feel like a monster.
2: All right. So, I was talking about Batman Arkham Origins, how yes. how I bought it and I wanted to give an update on the review that I gave because I So the
0: a- first review you said you were like 10% the way into it.
2: Yeah. Uh, I've officially beat the story mode and I've gotten almost all I've gotten all the side missions done. So, at this point, I'm about 70% done. The other 30% require like all the challenge maps finding all the riddles and stuff like that but for the most part i got all the hardcore stuff done so i wanted to give my update on this game so here we go all right as you know arkham city is my favorite game of all time and when we did funny when i was listening to 100th episode for some reason i said arkham asylum during the trivia when everybody knew it was arkham city so i got to shoot myself for saying that so
0: you failed
2: i know but this game definitely uh i would say is a solid eight Uh, i dropped it from eight and a half to eight this game is very good but it makes you love it makes you want to play arkham city i should say (laughs) even though the game is bigger than arkham city itself due to the lack of uh you know in arkham city you would just have criminals talking about oh, how crappy the Joker is, how crappy Harley is. You would just get, like, these radio frequencies of hearing all these conversations. So it made the city feel really big. You know, like, even though it was snowing and you were kind of in a closed-off place, it was very active. This one feels that it's not very active, especially when you get through the side missions and stuff. It feels kind of empty, even though they doubled it. So I would say uh, there's still some bugs. I still had uh, where guys are going through the, do- like... You give them a DDT and their head goes through the ground, you know, bugs like that, you know, or you jump off a building and you're now in slow motion when you should be going down. So there's still a few bugs they have to fix. I really I really did enjoy it. And I thought it was a, considering the fact of we have new voice actors and we have because uh, Mark Hamill is no longer doing the Joker and Kevin Conroy. Uh, everybody thought he was going to be in this game. But he kind of leaked at Comic Con that he's working on the Arkham City sequel. So the rumor is that we're going to get a sequel in 2014. The only thing is, I hope it doesn't go to the PS4 because the PS4 just came out and I ain't got $400 to go blow. You know, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Uh, but it's a very, it's a very solid game. I would say it's the second best game of the series. Even you know, if you love Arkham Asylum, everybody loves City Over Asylum. This one fits perfectly between them both because there's still more to do in this game than you can do in Asylum, even though the graphics and story... I really enjoyed the story, I should say, in Origins. I mean, the guy that took over from Mark Hamill does his voice perfectly. It's kind of scary. So I think he may have done one one animated movie. I'm not for sure, but... Hmm. But overall, though, man, uh, you're not... I know, I know you don't play games or nothing, but <laughs> l- let's say I was to send you a PS3 for Christmas. Not like I'm going to, but let's say Wait, I... Wait, no, 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 no,
0: you said it. it. I'm sorry, that has to happen now. No, no. Let-
2: <laughs> just saying I did, hypothetically, uh, I would say, sir, that you would totally love all three games. You would... I'm sure I would. I've
0: had, uh, yeah, it, they seem to be pretty cool, Yeah. but I-, I, just, I play Just Dance, and that's it.
2: Yeah, it's okay. So... <laughs> So I would go to this, Arkham City is still a 10 out of 10, and I mean, seriously, if that game is impossible to outdo, and I wasn't expecting Origins to do that, I just wanted it to live up to it, and it did a really good job, Based, despite the fact that it wasn't the same developer, that it went to another developer, the graphics are, like, I would say City is a 10, and the graphics are a 7, no, I would say an 8. Because some of the the cutscenes look beautiful, like Arkham City style. But then when you get in the actual gameplay and, and Batman's talking to somebody, it's not as crystal clear as City was. So, All right. so I give it a solid eight overall from beginning to end. and also the story was very short. I spent twelve hours no, I spent sixteen hours in Arkham City just in the story alone. I was done in ten hours with Origins. Overall, in City, I spent 60 hours playing that game, and I'm still not done because of all the riddles you have to find, all the side missions, all the story, the challenge maps. It's a humongous game, and Origins is it feels like half of it almost. So, huh. so that's it, sir. I, I know you were probably bored and on Facebook during that review, but I, <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to give my my full review of that just to let everybody know that it's still worth picking up. I wouldn't buy the collector's edition at the $130 mark that I did unless you want all that crap. Wait till uh, Black Friday. The game will be $34. You'll save yourself some money. Instead of paying $60 now, get it on Black Friday for $34. bucks. it will be well worth every penny.
0: So Steal you it from a blockbuster that's going out of business
2: uh no the last one closed down sir and the last
0: uh currently closing they're not actually uh, out yet okay
2: and i think the final rental was this is the end right (laughs) that's the news report that i heard what a funny way for the final uh, you know rental to be that movie so
0: it makes for a good story
2: it does man so i think that's it sir i think we are excited to talk some planes trains and automobiles so what do you Uh think should we get there sir
0: let's get right into it
2: let's do it man
1: During holiday travel, some people get delirious, some get delayed, and some get (laughs) delgriven. American Light and Fixture, Director of Sales, Shower Curtain, Ring Division. Neil Page got all three. I was on my way home to spend a nice holiday with my family. Instead, I'm in a motel bed with a stranger. So instead of Thanksgiving with his family, he's spending three days with the turkey. (laughs) The Clans just whistling down the road. Flintstones, meet the Flintstones. A
0: Paramount Pictures presents... Wilma! Steve <laughs> You're going the wrong way! What?
1: Are you mad at me? <laughs> John Candy. Luna. Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? the two pillows. Those aren't pillows. In a new film by John Hughes, planes, trains, and automobiles.
0: See that Bears game last week? Yeah, hello again, hello again.
2: Welcome to Marathon, may I help you? Yes. How may I help you? start by wiping that
0: f***ing dumbass smile off your rosy f***ing cheeks. Then you can give me a f***ing automobile, a f***ing Datsun, a f-ing Toyota, a f***ing Mustang, a f-ing Buick, four f***ing wheels and a seat. I
2: really
1: don't care for the way you're speaking to me.
0: And I really don't care for the way your company left me in the middle of f***ing nowhere with f***ing keys to a f***ing car that isn't f-ing there. And I really didn't care to f*** walk down a f***ing highway and across a f***ing runway to get back here to have you smile at my f***ing face. I want a f***ing car right f***ing now.
1: May
2: I see your rental agreement?
0: I threw
1: it away. Oh boy. Oh boy what?
2: so sir why don't you lead us off and and give me some of your thoughts before we get deep 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 undercover on this one
0: all right um i guess i just i'll start off with um Plane Series and Automobiles, for the last, oh gosh, almost 20 years, it's kind of been a tradition, especially since my wife and I met, that every year, this kicks off Christmas movie season. This must be watched on Thanksgiving, and it kind of just launches the holiday season for us. This movie is just, for me, it's my favorite Steve Martin movie, and it is in the discussion, it's a tight race between this and Great Outdoors for my favorite John Candy movie. Um, and, and it's just, for me, it's just the chemistry of these two and the comedic timing of these two. I mean, these two, at this time, when this movie was made, I mean, the, these are like two of the biggest comic actors in the world, right? Right. I mean, this was, this was great. Um, and so I just love, I love road trip movies and I love both of these actors. And so this is one of those movies that that just never gets old. I can watch it anytime and it's you you know, you know by heart, but just every scene there is not a scene in this movie that's a dud.
2: Right, right, right. Oh, so good, man. And it was awesome. You started talking and you just miraculously posted on Facebook at the same time. How'd you do it, sir? <laughs> I'm magic. You got those mad skills. Oh. Yep okay I will start off by saying this is my favorite Steve Martin movie it's also his he's gone record by saying this is his favorite movie he's ever made and it is also my favorite John Candy movie uh, I in a lot of ways I watch this throughout the year because it's kind of like it's one of those movies where the holiday is kind of in the background but it's not you know it's not like you know like gremlins is my favorite christmas movie but christmas isn't like all over that movie like you know a christmas story or home alone or whatever you know what i mean yep so oh so good man and yeah john hughes man written directed we got some great cameos in and, here and
0: how long did it take him to write this movie do you know
2: uh it took him three days he wrote the screenplay. <laughs>
0: Three days
2: and, and he filmed three and a half hours worth of this movie and the remaining parts that you don't see, which a lot of them, if you watch the trailer, you'll see a lot of scenes that never made in the movie are locked away. And he's in before he died said are probably deteriorated by this point
0: in time. So. yeah there's there's scenes in the trailers and there's different scenes in the TV version of this movie that they add in yeah. uh, that aren't in the theatrical version we shall go through
2: that sir so for those of you who don't know because there are some people who haven't seen this movie um, Steve Martin is Neil Page and he wants he's got to get home he's got two days he's he's gonna take a flight to go home to Chicago
0: he's a he's an ad executive in New York
2: yes. And crap happens He meets John Candy And they go on this crazy adventure together On his way to get to Thanksgiving So let's start it off sir Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is the title Comes across the screen We have no credits Which is so weird But I like it You see the plane You hear the plane You see the train You hear the train You see the automobiles You hear all the automobiles And then boom Right in the movie sir There what do you go What do you think of the, of the fact of There's no credits What do you think?
0: I think it's great.
2: I, I mean, is, I, as far as I remember, not a lot of John Hughes movies do this, right? There's always some sort of credits, isn't there? Oh, man. Help, help me with this one, man. I know, people on are, spot. I know people are screaming at us on this one, but I, I know like Some Kind of Wonderful has credits. We have Home Alone has credits. I know, uh, man, just trying to go down the list here. I think this is one of the few ones that he has that there's no credits. It's good times. Let's say it. Yeah, and then the it starts off by telling you it's two days before Thanksgiving. Now, as we go through this, I'm gonna ask you, do you really think it feels more than two days? Because it really does to me.
0: Well, they you know, they only spend two nights on the road. Okay. A lot of stuff happens. Yeah. But...
2: So we see Ferris's dad right off the bat, man. I'm like, yep. Ferris' dad, good times. And I love this, man. We got this guy who's just sitting there staring at all these ads the guy doesn't say anything what i love is when he puts his glasses on and he leans forward and you see the face of steve martin and and ferris's dad which i don't know his name forgive me and they're just like they open their mouth and you're like is he going to say something and then he goes back to you know looking at the stuff what do you think of that scene sir yeah
0: it's killing these guys because obviously especially steve martin they want to get out of there man they want to get out and it's just this is the last thing the boss has to decide which which ad campaign we're going to go with and it's kinda of like, well just just pick one so we can go. And it's like which one's he gonna choose? Uh he's gotta study him some more. It's We're true. not leaving. And for those of you
2: who didn't stick around, the after credit sequence yeah. has this guy doing the same
0: exact thing. He's got his Thanksgiving dinner in front of him. He's still looking.
2: <laughs> it's funny. So uh, you know, we have Ferris's dad just say, You're not gonna make it and we have Steve Martin looking for a cab. And who do we see across the street, sir?
0: mr kevin bacon
2: and this is a super fun scene i especially love the grin that he does you know they just they show his eyes but his grin is so big his cheek puffs up so you know he's smiling what do you think of this run man it's great
0: and i love dude i love steve martin runs i love <laughs> steve martin. he always has the funniest run he's you know he he runs like Chest way back, legs out in front of him. He just cracks me up. It's it's just a fun little scene. It's true.
2: And it's like, it's almost like an over-the-top run, but it also feels like that's his real run and you totally buy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's good times. And then he gets tripped over by the big trunk, almost like a a third character in this movie. Yeah, like a big steamer (laughs) trunk. And we never know the whole movie what's in this sucker. Right. It's true. And you gotta love the cab scene, man. When uh he talks to the lawyer and he's like, "I'll give you ten bucks for it," you know. Clearly, if you pay ten bucks, you give me fifty. He goes well. Clearly, when you want to pay fifty, give me seventy-five. You know, I I love this guy, man. And I swear I've seen this guy before. I just can't put my finger on it.
0: Help yeah, me he out. he plays he. I uh, I don't know exactly, but he's that guy that just plays a jerk. Right. Yeah. His face just says jerk.
2: When is he ever? Yeah. Right. It's stapled to his forehead. Right. (laughs) And, you know, what I love is uh, when the when the cab goes and he starts to scream, you're messing with the wrong guy. And we'll hear this throughout the whole entire movie. And I love the music, man. The music is so 80s, but it's so like kind of like techno almost i what do you think of the the score in this music yeah uh, in this movie sir what do you think i love
0: i love all the music it really works specifically i mean you you have the score uh which is great and like you say that the, the song You're that comes up that, that cracks me up i love especially um there's kind of this just harmonica music like this winsome harmonica music that oh. kind of plays between scenes yeah and you, you know just it's real sad and slow harmonica, yeah. and you just kind of like – oh, uh, and it kind of gets you into that like, oh, man, like we're stuck again. I hear you. Know, you're like almost there. We're stuck again.
2: All right. All right, Mr. Soul man, Can you go ahead and hum that for us how it goes?
0: <laughs> it's like <laughs> uh, 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 uh. – It's just – it's so – just sad and flat <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> oh man it's like dreary day we're never getting out of here and then i mean if we're talking about the music I'm, I'm gonna skip ahead but oh go ahead Dude, one of my favorite things of this movie is the mess around oh i love ray charles and the mess around oh man john candy
2: is like probably the greatest lip singer i've ever seen on screen it's
0: so good doing all the instruments just <laughs> doing the mess around
2: oh doing the mess around who sings that sir Ray Charles. Ray Charles. Ooh, I got to go buy that song, man. I didn't know that. Ooh, good times. You got this soundtrack, sir? Uh,
0: No, I just have that song.
2: Oh, okay. That's cool. Now, uh, after the cab scene, they show Steve Martin's house. Did you know that they built this house just for this movie? For $100,000. $100,000. Isn't that... It's a beautiful real? house. Oh, man. It, I swear, one thing John Hughes knows is how to pick an awesome house, man. No kidding. Home Alone house, this house... I mean, seriously, these people are in the suburbs of Chicago, but he always picks the rich folks to be, you know, <laughs> the ones that got to go through big all this. five,
0: six bedroom house, oh, all brick, just beautiful. It's
2: crazy. Now we don't see, uh, Steve Martin, you know, uh, I guess whether we want to call his character, whatever, we don't see Neil's wife a whole lot in this movie, but yeah. the parts that she's in, you know, I definitely, I'm not going to say. I, she's probably more than serviceable because especially towards the end when we get there, we'll talk about it. But I like all the scenes she's in, man. It works for me.
0: Yeah, she's fine. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I think it, could, it could have been most any actress of, you know, at that time. But yeah, she, she was good.
2: And I, I kind of feel the first conversation they have that was cut because it's a really fast kind of like uh, almost like your wife hangs up on you but they don't show it on screen. I, I feel like that conversation is like two minutes longer when he's on the phone talking to her about how he's delayed and stuff. What do you uh, think? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go with me here, sir. It's a good time. I'm with you. Yeah. You know, when I feel really bad for the little kid because the little kid gets Indian burns. What kind of douchebag are you if you're going to give somebody Indian burns, man? That's not telling the kid you love him. That's telling them you hate him, man. What's up with that?
0: I give Indian burns all the time. What are you trying to say? Uh, you trying to say I'm a bad dad? Yeah, you are a bad dad because you give Indian burns. Man. You're getting Indian burns next. How <laughs> much see you?
2: Hey, can I just say this movie is probably us, sir. This is the adventure of Massoon <laughs> and Jameson, man. Well, don't you think I'm Steve Martin? You're uh, you're John Candy, and this this would so be us, man.
0: I get it. It's because
2: I'm big. I get it. Exactly. You know. <laughs> yep. Seriously, you put us together. We, we're on, you know, we're far away from home. This is how me and you would be. I don't know if we'd be all like going off on each other in a hotel room, but we would still be like this, dude. There's,
0: there's a good chance of it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Now. Oh, so good, man. I just, I love this movie. It's so good. All right. So when we get the, uh, the, the first encounter of these two, right. And he goes, you're the guy that stole my cab. What I love is something that you don't really see in movies a lot is, His memory of the first time he saw him is clearly not the memory that happened in the movie, but it's a total, like when you're remembering something, you add all this background color and stuff. I love that shot. It's great. It's so subtle, but it so works because it was so real, you know, again, one of those little scenes that I dig, but there's just something about the way that is. It's like, that's not actually how he looked when he first saw him, but
0: I just like the way that shot is, man. I always just love the terrified look on John Candy's face when he first sees him.
2: All right, you you know get out of my cab, it's a good times.
0: <laughs>
2: oh man. Now um So what...
0: we 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 got our man Dell. Now now we now we know who Dell is. Right, exactly.
2: And you know they they get on the uh you know when they get on the bus,
0: right? Is that is that the first no, time they're, they're they, on the plane, right? They get on the plane, yeah. And Steve Martin, Neil doesn't get his first class seat that he bought and paid for. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, you sit in coach. And who do you get to sit by? Oh, man. Our man, Del Griffith, shower curtain salesman.
2: I love the look he gives the the girl after, you know, she kisses that guy. Go ahead and sit wherever you want. And he's just like, oh, I see how it is, you know. Uh-huh. There oh. went my seat. So when he sits next to Del, dude takes his socks off, man. That's, <laughs> yeah, he's got to be comfortable. It's <laughs> terrible to see, man. But it's so good, man. It so works, you know. It's just like you have the old guy next to him. Leaning on his shoulder, and you have Dell next to him, and he's just like six dollars in my right nut says that we're gonna, you know, we're gonna be stuck. You know, I love that line. It's good times because Dell is a guy that I mean, you'll clearly find out at the end of the film what what's really going on, but they give you the little hints throughout the movie, give you a little bit of a mystery of why does this guy know so much about how things are gonna work? How well, does he? You, you know, go ahead.
0: Oh, sorry, but yeah, I mean, really because. Steve Martin Neil thinks that Dell is just kind of a big doofus, right, you know, but you you kind of learn early on, like with this scene that Dell's road smart, he's been out on the road a long time, and so this ain't the first time he's had problems getting around or whatever, right you know you can tell that he's and Neil is a smart guy, obviously he's a you know ad executive in New York and whatever, but he he just he's kind of naive to the real world and just doesn't. He just doesn't know that he's naive to the real world. Exactly. You know, he thinks he knows everything and, Oh, who's this, who's this big schlub, you know, telling me stuff. But you know, that's what, that's what makes it so great though. The the pairing between them, the odd couple pairing between them, you know?
2: Right. Exactly. I love when he's like, is this your trunk? Yeah. You should try lugging this thing around the city. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I love the look on his face. And he's like, this is the reason why I didn't get my cab because I tripped over your stupid trunk, you know? And it's just, there's so much you read off of Steve Martin's face in this movie. He says so many things that are unspoken that that's why this guy is great, man. This is why he's what a comic genius, as people would call
0: him. you You can see the frustration just building in him throughout the movie. You see him like, oh this guy you know yeah
2: you know what i really love is when he's like you know uh he promises them that he's gonna get him a room
0: <laughs> that he makes him pay for
2: it. i'm like what a swell <laughs> guy that guy is <laughs> i mean i kind of didn't catch that you know until like just watching it i was like huh he made him pay for the room because he's such a swell guy you yeah, know and then this- later Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say later on, he'll call out, I even made you pay for the room so you wouldn't fill out a place, you know?
0: I love that line. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's so good.
0: So, I mean, so we're, we're trapped in Wichita with them right now, right? Right, exactly.
2: Because we had and- Ben Stein come on and just say, you know, <laughs> right. uh, you know, I'm saying you are stuck in Wichita, and that's when Ben Stein comes on and says that, you know, they're officially there, yeah.
0: Yep. And this is, I mean... This is what I love about this movie is here we are really early into the movie. You know, The it's only really the first obstacle in this in this whole series of movies or ser- you know, series of scenes. And you get w- one of the most classic scenes uh, in the whole movie. I mean, the, the classic <laughs> scene, I think right away you get the motel room scene. You want to take a shower? No. i love because you know you know these guys don't know each other they've just met and it's like all right this literally compounds how awkward it is you know here's this guy first off i don't really like the guy he's cost me already a couple of times and now i gotta they walk in like one room huh oh one bed great you know and you can just tell there's just this tension and the whole motel sequence is just genius writing
2: oh it is all right so We had my little predator bathroom story, which you so obviously found the perfect picture. So you must have, I don't know, you must have found a predator hanging out in my house and I didn't know about it. So that was good. But I clearly have had this same exact sequence of drying off with the little (laughs) tiny rag. I've had this happen. I give my, you know, the kids are done with the shower. It's time for me to go in. I'm like, oh, I just have a rag. I'm like, and all the towels are officially in the washer ready to be dried. I'm like, oh. You know, so I've actually experienced this, sir. I don't know about
0: you. <laughs> Not me, but I, I love, you know. So, so John Candy goes in, he takes a shower or whatever. Dell makes a call, and then it's his turn to go in and shower. I mean, just everything in this whole sequence. Or he's in the shower, he's <laughs> lathering up. All of a sudden, hot water cuts out. <laughs> Great. Uh, no, you know, there's no water. Like, oh, it's soap in the eyes. Gets out and every towel is <laughs> not just wet not just used but saturated wet. <laughs> and just laying on the floor everywhere like john candy used every towel in that motel room oh. to for whatever and somehow got them like took them into the shower with him or something like because they're just saturated so he gets a washcloth to try and dry with and is remarkably limbered to get that you know doing his back with this washcloth yeah And what I love is he gets out of shower
2: and then talks about how he has to lay in beer because of the vibrating bed. So clearly his shower doesn't do any good.
0: All for nothing, you know. See, it's lay down and great. I told you not to put those beers on the vibrating bed. Of course they blew up. You know, they're on my side.
2: And then, of course, if me and you were hanging out together – You'd be cracking your neck and, and clearing your, your clearing sinuses. The sinuses. Oh,
0: man. <laughs> yeah,
2: that would totally be you. And I'd just be sitting there waiting for you to be done. And then I would break at the da 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 duh. Uh-huh. Huh, uh. So good. Now, this scene where where, uh where Dell goes off or Neil goes off on Dell, I gotta say, any other actor doing this, you would totally hate him because he says some mean things. But I laugh so much during this, but then I'm like, man, you're so mean in this. But the way he does it is so perfect because he gets – he's a normal guy, gets his frustration down, and then feels terrible for everything that he just said after he gets to come back from Dell. I love this scene, dude, when he yeah, goes it's,
0: off. It's a great scene, and it's just another another point of the, the chemistry between these two where you – I mean, they, they air their annoyances. You know, he – Neil can't take it anymore. This is it. You know, and he just, he blows up and just basically tells Dell what he thinks of him. Everything that's been bothering him and is brutal about it. And it is, it's funny. And, and, but then you see, he obviously sees the reaction on Dell's face and John Candy played it brilliantly. I mean, he portrayed the emotion of, of this guy who obviously you start to figure out that he doesn't have a lot going on in in his life and he just he just wants somebody, anybody to, you know, to pay attention to him. And, and so he thinks he's got somebody and, and here, this guy just blows up on him, you know, and and he sees just the hurt in his eyes and the great line of like, yeah, you could hurt me. Go ahead. But you know what? I, you know, I'm the genuine article. I like me. My wife likes me. That's so good, dude. It is so good, and it's such real emotion. That It's a great scene.
2: Man, it's got to be one of the greatest dialogues that Hughes has ever written, man. I mean, yeah. it's so real. And he looks like, like a guy who's about ready to commit suicide, just the way he sells his face on that scene of being so crushed. I mean, it's like it's so good, and it immediately changes, you know. I mean, I was laughing at the – didn't you notice know I was reading the vomit bag? You know, I'm just cracking up. My chest is hurting. And then I see his face, and I'm just like – Man, I almost wanted to tear up watching that scene because it was just everything he said was so true and so real. And it's coming from a from a good heart, you know, and oh, yep. so good, yeah. man. Yeah, I agree. And then, and then we we'll get the, the all-time <laughs> classic
0: part of this, the final the capper in this sequence. Right. Oh, man, this is the scene that everybody knows.
2: Right. Exactly.
0: So they get their grievances. I was like, all right, man, let's let's crash. Let's hit the bed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you get the <laughs> the wake up scene of the the two of them kind of spooned up, cuddled up, kind of John, John Candy kissing Del, Martin on the swear. ear. And just, all of a sudden they wake up, both of them like, hey, Dell, why are you kissing me on the ear? Well, why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? <laughs> <laughs> the great between two pillows. Those are pillows. <laughs> I mean, oh. oh, it's still so great. You it know, is, it's, man. It is hilarious. And then and then with the final capper, right? So all right, this is like oh gross. <laughs> Steve Martin goes in like I gotta splash some water on my face. And he splashes water in his face, looks in the sink, and what's in the sink, his John Candy's nasty, dirty socks in a pool of water.
1: Okay.
2: Like, so gross. So clearly, uh, you know, like I said earlier, three and a half hours of this movie was filmed. I'm thinking there had to have been a scene since he knew there was no towels. There had to have been a scene where they got new towels and he just figured there was a towel next to him. Because, I'm
0: guessing, yeah, with three and a half hours shot, I'm guessing this motel room scene was actually quite a bit longer. Yeah. I'm guessing there was stuff in between the, the argument and the going to bed. Yeah. You yeah. know, there was there was a lot more in there.
2: Yeah. I have no problem with it, but clearly it's something that there's an in-between scene that you don't see. <laughs> because he thinks there's a towel.
0: And the towel turns out to be John Candy's tidy whitey's.
2: Yeah, and you know after this, I love when he talks to his wife, and she's like, "Are you crazy?" He goes, "No, but I'm getting there." <laughs> yeah. So good, it's such a great line. It just it works so good. Now, uh, they get robbed. <laughs> so dude comes in, takes their money, and at first I'm like, "How much money does Steve Martin have?" Because you know he gave the guy like fifty dollars and all this and that. And then you know he tells you, "I had over seven hundred dollars in my wallet." And I'm like, wow. I'm like, okay. And then he's like, I didn't take your money. I may be a lot of things, but I didn't take your money. You know? <laughs> and my one of my favorite lines in the movie is, "We were robbed." Do you think so? <laughs> <laughs> I sent you a text on that, but you didn't respond. So I was like, well, clearly Jameson doesn't know what that's from. But
0: oh no, no idea. Yeah.
2: So I was like, <laughs> and that, but you know, it's all good. I love that. I love man, it. It's good times. And. uh <laughs> So good,
0: man. So from here we, they, all right, we're getting out of here. We're getting on a train.
2: Yeah, we we meet Gus's son, the guy that hooked him up with the hotel. We get Gus's son. So let's talk about Gus's son. (laughs) What a freak! Oh man, this this guy, and this I normally see this guy as like a lawyer or something. He's always a serious actor. I I forget the guy's name, but he's
0: he's yeah, I don't know his name, but you know his face. In a hundred different things, he, he, yeah, he's usually, you know, kind of, yeah, like you say, a lawyer or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that sound he does. Can you do that sound, dude? <laughs> That's so gross. He's like, you do that shower curtain guy. <laughs> <laughs> just, I don't know what he's doing, but the face he makes when he does it's just disturbing. I know it looks like he's uh, trying to go to the bathroom
2: or something. I don't know. <laughs> so good. So uh, they're in the back of the truck
0: and, what going do you to of, Stubbsville. What do
2: you think of that dog, man?
0: <laughs> I love it. Uh, just on on the way to st- people train runs out of Stubbsville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love too. I, lo- I love the, uh, the Steve Martin asks John Kenny, You know, whoa, whoa, they're they're riding in the back of the pickup truck. You know, what do you think the temperature is? One. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know, prior prior to that, when Gus spits in his hand and shakes Steve Martin's, hand, yeah. oh man, his face, Steve Martin's face was so priceless. I was busting up laughing because I totally forgot that that had happened. I was so grossed out, but it, he sold it so good. But yeah, you know, what's the temperature? One and that dog clearly kept, you know, in the film clearly kept that position, not moving and growling. You know, it was so good, man good times
0: <laughs> i love it
2: oh and then of course when they get on the bus and they're they're hanging out, and that couple's kissing and making out
0: well first they get on the train because get... it's planes and then trains right and then automobiles isn't it do they get on the train before the, the bus they get or... out they get out <laughs> they actually go out
2: of order dude because they'll go because steve Murray ends up on a train at the end of the movie so no,
0: but they they get on the train that breaks down Remember, they go, they get on the train, and Steve Martin says, I'm going to go in this car. You know, like, should we we get together and have dinner? Like, I'm going to go to sleep. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. They think it's the end of this, you know. Neil thinks this is the end of this wild ride. Like, all right, you, and you can tell, like, he's going to come up with any excuse he can to not, hey, like, oh, man, it's too bad we couldn't get seats together. Yeah, yeah, well, they said they couldn't get any seats together. Oh, well, (laughs) you know, like, you're over there, like, hey, we should get together and have, you know, on the dinner car like oh no 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 i'm gonna lay down and you he thinks this is the end of this like whoo that was a that's gonna be a crazy story when i get home exactly and what happens the train breaks down
2: right and what was the reason behind the train breaking down do they even say i think i missed it I,
0: i don't think they say they're just it's just kind of all of a sudden it comes screeching to a stop and it's like walk a mile down the road the, they'll take you to the bus station or whatever. Right,
2: right, and they're like, oh boy, you could just see the Jameson famous line, oh boy,
0: oh boy, yeah. Oh. And so you see Steve Martin like, uh, you, you see Dell dragging his trunk behind him through a field, you know, as everybody's walking off the train, and you see Neil just like, oh man, all right.
2: I'll help I'm him stuck with this
0: guy for one more leg. I'll help. I'll give you a hand with this trunk, you know? Yeah, exactly.
2: You could just be like, uh, you know, you could kind of see it in his face. Like, do I do it or do I right. not like, well, I kind of am in a position where I don't really have a choice. So I can't really cut him off at this point in the game. So yep. that's when he decides to go over and grab his trunk. And then we hit the bus, right?
0: I, I, yeah, I think so. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Cause that's when that, you know, they sit next to the couple making out and then the famous line, which has been said millions of times, why don't you take a picture to last longer? Right. One of the lines that I used to, I stole from this movie and used it all the time throughout my childhood was that line. And it's so good. But why are they smoking? I mean, clearly they didn't do the full thing. So is it just supposed to be kind of a comedy joke? I think so. Okay. You know, no big it's, deal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's window. Yeah. window. There you go. Very good. But that song that he sings, that three coins in a fountain, I cringe every single time. I love the
0: whole bus looks back like, what the hell?
2: Yeah, I oh, I don't. Is that a real song? Because mis-
0: I don't know who oh, knows.
2: It's terrible. I mean, of course it's great with Do the I sing stuff. it or no, no, no. Three coins in a fountain. I love it. Oh, it's terrible. I cringe every time. Oh, so bad. But it's so good, though. He does it so He's like, he's all, like, happy. He's like, check this out. I got this number one song. You
0: know, and then he starts going off. and Everybody's like, shut up, you know. And the, then- thing that, the thing I do like about that moment, though, is that it's kind of the first time you see Neil start to lighten up. I mean, he never even would have sung on right, the bus at right. the beginning of this movie. You know, you start to – he starts to see – you know, I think he starts to see Dell in a different perspective, and he's, you know, Dell just has a different perspective on life, and you see Neil start to kind of adapt to it and just kind of lighten up. Like, look, you know, this, you know, you can tell that he he sees this whole tragedy, you know, this whole series of events as just a disaster, and you start to see that Dell sees this as an adventure. Right. You know, like, this is great. We're going on an adventure together, you know? (laughs) Neil's like, this sucks, you know? But he finally starts to kind of lighten up, and that's the one thing I like about that.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, I really didn't look at it that way, but you're right. He definitely, this is the first point in the movie where he starts to lighten up, you know? And then we get kind of the the bone crushing scene. You know, they, the next scene is they're they're in the restaurant, and they're talking, and I love when he's like, you know, when we put our heads together, and you see John Kane get all excited, like, "Yeah, we're such a great team." He goes, it's, "We yeah, go that's- absolutely nowhere," and then boom, <laughs> he it he he's almost more crushed than he was in the hotel.
0: That's the thing, though. Is I you know, with that scene, I think you see like he. He gets fired up, like, yeah, we're a team, or we we we're on an adventure, and then he sees it. He's all alone in that thought, like, oh man. <laughs> you know, like, yeah,
2: cause he had just made money, you know, doing the the shower curtain. I reviews. love that montage. So good, cause you you know you have uh, Neil just sitting there, and there goes Dell. Just like you, you clearly know how this guy's been making it for six years. Just like he's just a great. I wouldn't say he's—he's a hustler. Yeah, he's a great hustler, but a hustler with a heart.
0: Yeah, you know, and it's great because this—there are some great. 80s names that he uses to sell these, you know. Yeah. Like this is autographed Daryl Strawberry earrings. This <laughs> is you know, this was I can't remember the rest of them.
2: I love the helium one. These are made of helium, and that's why they're so late, you know? Oh, so good.
0: He's making it look older. I you could pass for 18.
2: Yeah, and I mean clearly in today's standards, you were showing that kind of money around, you'd be jacked, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> Forget that. And you know, and then of course he's like, you know, he's so crushed he wants to he wants to pay for it and, and kind of give Neil some money. But well, here's my question, and it's just a nitpick, but go with me here. All right. Where is the trunk when he picks up and takes his two bags and leaves? Where the hell is his trunk at? I don't
0: know. That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> it's did in storage. You, did you ever notice that, sir? No, I guess I didn't notice that. Okay. It's, but this is with scene too where we get we get that first hint uh, about Neil, is, or is, about Dell, right? This is the first... This is the yeah. scene where yeah, yeah, I haven't been home
2: in years. Right, right.
0: Yeah, I haven't been home in you know. That's the first kind of hint, like something's going on more than this guy's just kind of a happy-go-lucky kind of you know traveling salesman.
2: Right, because he says, you know, I, I've been I've been away from home too long. I haven't been home in years, and he goes seriously. He calls him out on it.
0: But, it's like, oh no, not to, <laughs> just kidding.
2: Yeah, and he <laughs> he doesn't think about it until obviously later. But you're right. That's kind of the – I would say maybe the second because the first one you're kind of like, okay, this guy knows when things are going to get closed or shut down. So you're like, okay, that's clue number one. And then clue number two is when he's like, I haven't been home in years. So then you're like, okay, what's going on? So – but you're you're, – yeah. It's more obvious in that scene, of course, though. You know what I mean? Right.
0: And you're starting to figure out by by this point, you're starting to kind of figure out that Dell's a lonely guy, you know, and – something whatever happened something happened with his wife you know you don't find out until a little later but you kind of start to learn that you know he's he's lonely and he's kind of he's on the road and he's lonely but he's probably better off on the road because you know he's one of these guys who goes from town to town and he's great at chatting up people and he knows you know you see him go to these motels and whatever they're like hey Dell. you know he comes there all the time obviously and you know, you, but you can tell that when he's alone and kind of not talking with somebody, he, there's a lot of sadness behind those eyes.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And then, uh, you know, they, they part their ways. And then we have uh, Neil uh, to go get his car. And uh, he, throw, <laughs> he throws his briefcase down. And that's when we get the song, you're messing with the wrong guy. <laughs> and, and, and then, dude, we get the epic scene, man. The epic car rental scene. The greatest use of the f word I have ever seen on film and will ever see on film. Let's let's talk about that. This. this is my favorite scene in the movie, man. All right. Oh man. Well, I should put it this way. It, it's my favorite, but it's not the greatest scene. I'll put it that way. I'll will talk it's, about the greatest
0: scene, but yeah. it's a it's a hilarious scene. Oh man. I just love it from the minute he gets off the bus <laughs> and sees and and. A little, little quick. No, the, you hear the voice of the bus driver as he drops him off. That's also the guy in the bar at Weird Science.
2: Nice. You oh know, yeah, 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 like,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse me, sir. What is this? Drink it. Yeah, it's the same guy. Get, love, get off the bus. You know.
2: Yeah, I love that guy. You're right. When I heard him, I instantly was like, oh, I know that guy." Yeah. I,
0: I just love it because as soon as he sees that car's not there, Dells or Neil's like, "That's it," and he just snaps. He loses it.
2: Like, oh man. You
0: know, just though the. <laughs> the walk just the walk back there he is he's he's still somehow in a clean suit yeah
2: even because he falls down falls on the (laughs) ground his hat gets ran over in the in the slush
0: i just love his face when he walks in the door to the marathon rental car he's got his tie tied around his to keep his like keep his ears warm and the look on his face and then you got edie McClurg from ferris mueller right yep and the Big old bubbly grin that she has, and then just her face as you see her see him. <laughs> and Her big old grin, just like, oh boy, this guy's gonna be trouble.
2: May I help you? <laughs> yes. And you don't expect this, you know, because no. he's, he's just like, yes, first you can wipe that. And that's when he starts going off. And it's exactly one minute, this scene, and 18 times. He 18 F bombs. Oh man. And then it gets topped off when you're just like, "Wow, I can't believe that." And she's like, "You know, do you have your re- rental agreement?" Rental agreement. Oh boy. Oh boy, what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're effed.
2: Oh man, that's so good, dude. I love it, man. <laughs> and then, you know, I, I sent you a text earlier how I said I was, uh, I was laughing so hard at that, and then my chest started to compress. Because right after that, he talks to the guys like, "You know you're in St. Louis?" He goes, "Yes." He <laughs> goes, "If I wanted a joke, I'd follow you into the job."
0: Oh man, it's so good. That it is a, it's a great line because yeah, he goes out to the out to the taxi stand or whatever. Like, "I need a cab." Like, "All right, where are you going?" "Chicago." The guys like, "Chicago." You know you're in St. Louis. Yeah, and Like "If I wanted a joke, I'd follow you into the." <laughs> And the guy just like, what'd you say oh, to me? Man. Lights out.
2: <laughs> he goes, so he could stand in like a, a, a bag of meat one minute, and then he gets punched in the
0: face. Uh, and the, yeah, the look on his face, that goofy, is he's just lights out, going down, and almost gets run over like a grape. Oh, man. But who's behind the wheel of that car that almost ran him over? Our man Del is back with a car.
2: You're such an insensitive a-hole. Why don't you help this guy up? Okay, no.
0: Gladly. <laughs>
2: oh man. That is oh so good, dude.
0: Yeah, this oh. and now this goes into, I think, what is my favorite scene in the movie. Okay. The the whole car sequence. I've
2: never seen a guy picked up by his testicles before. <laughs> Just you go. I I really wish, I could have killed you. I really wish you had. <laughs> I
1: really wish you had. Him.
2: <laughs> oh man. So so this whole sequence, man. This is just this is what sold John uh sold Steve Martin on this script was the uh was the car rental scene and this in this scene with the with the seat. Yep. The, the whole it was like boom. Okay, I'm sold. Let's do it. So let's talk about this, man. Because there's some crazy stuff that goes on. So. Oh
0: yeah. This whole. This whole scene inside the rental car is just brilliant. It really is. It's just brilliant, comedic writing, comedic acting. And it's all within the confines of a car. You know, there's only so much you can do. You know, you got. You, you got, broke the seat. It wasn't broke when I got out of it. <laughs> well, that's the best. I mean, just stupid little things like Dell just constantly messing with the automatic seat, trying just oh a little bit here, a little bit there. Oh nope, nope, nope. And just messing with it. Finally getting the spot he needs. Like oh great, I can't get my shoes off now. Like they'll keep your shoes on. You know, just and then you see them switch seats and there's Steve Martin like I'm gonna take a nap and the seat is broken. mind of its own, smashing him into the windshield, fully reclining, just, it's just, it's so funny. Now,
2: is it during the, uh, you know, mess around where he throws the cigarette out the window and hits the back seat, or is it before he starts to sing that it happens?
0: It's right before, it's right before he doesn't mess around. It's, he's, you know, he's, uh, uh, what's his name? Neil, you know, says, I'm going to sleep. All right. (laughs) So, yeah, he's, this is where he, he throws the cigarette out and decides, oh, man, I'm going to take off my jacket. I love that scene where he tries to get the jacket off. Yes, sir. You know, he throws the cigarette out and comes back in. And I've had this happen before, and it sucks. Comes back in, lands in the back seat.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. You know, And then, yeah, now he starts doing the mess around. Right. So good, round. man. It's so great. You know, then he decides, like, whoo, song's over. He's like, man, you know, God, I've worked up worked up some heat there doing the mess around <laughs> take the jacket off and tries well, yeah. to take the right sleeve off and it gets hooked on the, uh, on, the on the, handle on the seat oh. it's panicking. Like, all right, okay. I just gotta get this left sleeve off. Goes to get the left one off. That gets hooked. the other <laughs> handle. And now you know, and He's looking over at Neil in a panic. Neil's sleeping. And he's just like, Oh man, Oh man. Trying to steer with his knees. And finally he's like, I gotta go for it. I'm j- just frantically pulling in the car. Goes down the off ramp, spins around, you know, just i everything about this scene where the car goes into this big, big spin and he's screaming bloody murder. And it finally comes to a stop, and Neil wakes up like, "What's At going exact on?" Exact
2: moment that he stops.
0: <laughs> oh, I <it> was dear <laughs> He's like, dude, it's getting warm in here. You should probably take that jacket off. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, and then th- this is one of my favorite, my favorite lines in the movie is uh, they're obviously going the wrong way now. They're on the wrong side of the yeah, road. If if they're this. pointing the wrong way <laughs> right. now. And we have a couple who's like, holy crap, in which they use other words. That guy's going the wrong way. And my favorite line is, <laughs> he says we're going the wrong way. How the hell does he know where we're going? Yeah, how does the hell do he you know where we're going? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that oh man, yeah, that part is, they're going. <laughs> <laughs> he's driving them into oncoming traffic. That's, Neither one of them realize. That's
2: so classic.
0: Yeah, how do they know where we're going? Like, okay, thank you, morons. Like, okay, keep, you know, obviously drunk. And then Steve Martin looks down and is like, why is there a divided highway between us and we're going the same direction? You look up, here come the semis.
2: I I still to this day use that if I'm if I'm traveling and I get a jerk next to me and I I do the same drinking <laughs> thing that, that John Candy does. I'm like, oh, so good.
0: Man. I had a guy not too long ago, I was driving down the interstate and here comes a guy, head on into traffic coming at me. Oh. And I got him pulled over. I was I was at work in my big truck and I get this old guy pulled over. I'm like, "Hey, what are you doing?" He's like, "I just pulled out of the casino and turned left." Like, "You're going in oncoming traffic, man." <laughs> like, "Really? Like, you should probably turn around now."
2: You're going the wrong You're way. going
0: the wrong, and immediately that's what I wanted to do. Right. <laughs> so good, man.
2: So and... if... No, go ahead.
0: So they go blasting through these two semis, right? Yeah. S- semi to the left of them, semi to the right of them, right down the middle. And I love just the quick shot as the, you know, there's all these things, sparks flying this and that. And you know, they Steve Martin looks over and sees John Candy as the devil. You see him like this guy's trying to kill me. He's been sent here to kill me. You know. Can, can we talk about this? Because this is
2: the only part of the movie that I have an issue with, the but skeletons? It, it, the skeleton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm cool with the devil, but the skeleton t- it takes this as serious as this movie is trying to be. Takes it out. It makes me like for a moment. It takes me out of the movie. I,
0: hate, I can give you that.
2: I hate that shot. I, yep. I, that's that's my small nitpick. I have out of all the scenes, they all work except this one. Yep. I've always felt that way since I was a kid. I'm like, nah, they should have cut the, the devil. Totally works. I'm totally sold on that 100%. But the skeleton, dumb.
0: Yeah, I, yeah I, I don't disagree with you. I, that's how I knew what you were going to say. <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah, it, it's the one, and it's and it's a split second, really. Exactly. You know, it's a, maybe a second and a half of the movie. But yeah, it is. It's kind of like, well, this doesn't belong here.
2: Yeah, I mean, of course, it's going to be one of those things that everybody will listen and be like, oh, whatever. That's no big <laughs> deal. But, uh, you know, it's the small stuff. But it's, it's so minor. You're right. It's like, what, two seconds, if that? Yeah. Maybe a second and a half.
0: But it does. It just kind of jolts you out for a second.
2: Yeah. You're kind of like, whoa, you know, I mean, I thought we're trying to keep this as reality as we can be, you know, but, but outside of that, you know, I get, I, this is probably my third favorite scene, right? Is, you know, they're all done and it's just like, (laughs) you know, they set it up earlier where he's like, I, which number one, I don't get why you would do this, but he says, he
0: didn't want to sit on his wallet. Yeah. He
2: didn't want to sit on his wallet. That's so full of money. That's not there. It's so full that he had to put it in a glove compartment. Which is fine. It sets up for this scene. But I love this because, you know, the the car finally starts to get set on fire.
0: Yeah, I love just because they finally like, whoo! <laughs> you know, like, man, that was crazy, wasn't it? Like, yeah. yeah and that was nuts. And then boom, the car starts on fire.
2: And Neil starts to laugh. This is yeah. like he's like having a good time. He's like, You did it to yourself, you know?
0: Well, he's just, I think at that point he's just snapped. Like what else could happen?
2: <laughs> like, exactly. Great. And I love his whole kindness. There's something about the way he says kindness. The way he says that is so good and so funny. You know, why would I, what does he say? Why would I give you my card? Kindness, <laughs> you know, <laughs> kindness and uh, what I love is the back and forth. He grabs his coat, and they go left and right, left and right, <laughs> and they sink and do it three times. It's so good, dude. It's it, that's
0: what I'm it, saying, it works. Man. And, the, Just the man. There's just amazing comedic timing with these two.
2: Exactly. It, I mean, it, this is like lightning in a bottle, this movie. You know what I mean? It's one of those movies you can easily point out and say, name a movie that's lightning in a bottle. Boom, this is in the top
0: five. Easy. I think I – think- that was what John Candy was best at, though. He brought out the best in in even in great actors that he worked with. I mean, that's why like one of the things I love about Great Outdoors is Dan Aykroyd is really hit and miss with the movies he's been in. Right, right. But man, he just brings out the best in in people. I just love, you know, him and Steve Martin. Man, you can tell that they were they were having fun. Yeah. Big, you know?
2: big time. You know, with The Great Outdoors, I don't remember it a whole lot. You know, it's been a long time since I've seen it. I always remember the end of the movie with the na na you know, the mm-hmm. the Land of a Thousand Dances, which I was yep. always like, what kind of title is that? I thought the name of the song was na-na-na-na. You know, I tried looking for it for years, and someone's like, you know, it's called Land of a Thousand Dances. I'm like, what, what? You know, it always drove me crazy. <laughs> so it's, it's been a long time since I've seen it. I definitely want to revisit that.
0: We should review that movie
2: Yeah, that, that'd be good times. But Next but, summer. But Yeah, exactly. Next summer 2014,
0: next, 2014, Great Outdoors.
2: Heck yeah. But you're right. These two, man, are just so perfect together, man. It's yeah. so good. Um, And then... What I really love is, you know, he's officially, you know, pissed off. Tries to go get a room. I love when he pulls out his burnt credit cards. You know, he's like, he's like, oh, I've got i got a diner's club. <laughs> I can't take this. And he pulls out the watch and stuff. And and you feel really bad for Dell at this point because he couldn't get a room and he's sitting out in the car. And I I really love this scene, especially with the with the music when he starts to talk to Marie. So good, man. Emotionally, man, I'm just. Oh, I, I mean, I could tear up easily just like, you know, you were right, Marie. And just I mean, at that point, you're kind of like she could be dead or it could have been like, you know, you're just talking to your to your spouse without them being there. Just like, wow, you're so right. You know, it, he does a perfect balance of talking to her like she's really there without making you think she's dead. If you had never seen this movie,
0: that's yeah. And in, in the thing, you know, he's sitting out there. The snow is falling on him. You know, Steve Martin's had enough of him. Like, I'm getting my room good luck you're on your own so he's sitting out there in the burnt out car <laughs> you know under this under the stars snow falling on him and yeah he's talking to marie and the thing is is he doesn't look pitiful right you know you he's obviously just had a rough been, day yeah but he's been here before you know cuz you know he you know you're right you know I, anytime every time someone you know shows like they care about me at all i just i smother them and i make them just run from me basically you know and you can see that this is a recurring pattern in his life and, but he doesn't look like he's a pitiful guy. You're just like, man, you know, that's rough, you know, but you care about the guy because he is, he's just a big sweetheart. Right. You know, and you, and it does, you, you start to wonder like, well, where is Marie? Like, is she just, you know, a wife that he never sees because he's always on the road or did she leave him? You know? And like, cause he says, you know, well, you know, wish I could see her right now, but that's not going to happen you know, anytime soon. And right, right. So, you know, I always assumed, you know, the first time I saw this, I assumed, Oh, she must've divorced him, you know? And yeah, you know, so he's just like, I might as well just stay on the road.
2: Yeah. Good point. I mean, you would think that s- selling curtain shower curtain rings, wouldn't make you go on the road as much. So, but you really don't think about that too much. You know, yeah. you it's kind of like in the back of your mind, but you know, all these little tiny clues, they do a phenomenal job
0: of, Lots of foreshadowing.
2: Yeah, exactly. And it, it does it in such a way where it's like, had you never seen this movie, you're like, Wow. I you know, it's kind of like it you know what you suspect it, but it, with so much going on, you kind of like forget it at the same time, you know. It's right. it it does a perfect balance of that. And uh when when Neil decides to let Dell come in, I love the whopper talk, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Just like they're having a good first time together they're having a good time they're laughing they're obviously they're drunk and i which i never understood because i was always like well when he goes to the bathroom why does he pop his head out and start laughing again you know of course i never knew what that was all about but now it makes perfect (laughs) sense you know but i i love this talk when he's just like you know years from now we'll we'll think this is funny and he goes it's kind of funny now you know and he's like i love this scene yeah this scene is really great
0: man it's you know you see him really forging their friendship now you know they've been through so much together and you see neil is finally just let the walls down and kind of like you know what this big lug i just he's put in my life for some reason you know you see that they are actually enjoying each other and and the booze helps but you see that they're just they're forging some sort of friendship or relationship and and yeah you know it's just it's a touching scene, you know? It is. Now, how did they get the money to get the booze? Well, you know, I'm, sh- it's- I'm sure it's in the mini bar in the hotel room, <laughs> in the motel room, you know? Right, you right. don't have to pay that until you leave. Well, they've got other damages they're going to pay, <laughs> have to pay for, too. So
2: Can we talk about that? Because I did not remember that scene. Really? I swear to God. I was like, oh, okay, Neil's going to help push out the car, and then he falls in the snow. And when he backed up and went in there... I was blown away and I was laughing so hard. I don't know why, but I completely forgot about that scene,
0: dude. It's, it's everything about this car because it, it's a <laughs> burned out hull of a car. And they're trying to push it out of the snow. And Dell's like, we're going to have to rock it. I'm going in reverse. <laughs> and he puts in reverse and just guns it right through the front window of the, hotel, love, the motel. I,
1: it's like, oh. <laughs>
0: it's like,
2: go, 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 go. Let's get out of here. And Let's take off. Nobody, you know, because think about it. There's no credit card. There's no.
0: Exactly. There's no. Some tr- guys with a watch came in.
2: <laughs> How do you explain that to your boss? Hey, these guys that paid in cash and with a watch, yeah, they destroyed the room, and I have no way of contacting them. They
0: get- drank two hundred dollars worth of booze <laughs> out of the mini bar and then smashed the car through the front window. Man, well, what, did you get a license plate on the car? <laughs> I don't even know what kind of. I don't even know what kind of model car it was. <laughs>
2: This is really wrong in so many re- in so many ways, if you really think about it. These two classy guys do so much damage in this couple of minutes in the movie. Oh, yeah. You know, they're they're felons now, you know. They're on the run. They're on the run. Oh, so good. And then we get Mr. Michael McKeon. I love this guy, man. It's not a movie this guy is in that I don't love him in. Yeah, he's great. Even in Short Circuit 2, when he was a jerk off, I still love them in that movie. And now here's the thing. I think Dell was too much information. You would have kept your mouth shut. I think he would have let you go. But no, you had to tell him that the speedometer melted away and all this and that. And it's like, oh, so good, dude. What do you you think of this scene?
0: Yeah, I love it. Like, how fast were you going? Uh, I have no idea that the speedometer doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing, what was it, 80 miles an hour? I can believe that you know better than me. I don't have a speedometer. <laughs> it's like you have no outside mirrors. Nope, those are gone. You have no no gauges. Nope, but the radio works.
2: <laughs> I love how they're singing right before they get busted, though. You know, they they're in the freezing cold. They're just singing, and if they had a radio, clearly you wouldn't know that. You would think the radio is dead because they're too busy singing. You know, they don't have the radio on. You know, so it was kind of funny.
0: Here's here's my nitpick in this movie. Okay. it's it's always bothered me. Where do they keep getting all these like winter clothes that they're getting? You know, like all of a sudden they each have new hats, you know, and gloves and Steve Martin's, you know, all decked out in the stuff. I was like, well, where did you get this stuff from? Here's my theory. Okay.
2: It's in the trunk. They, Ah. they never show you what's in the trunk, but clearly if he has been on the road for six years, he would have gotten this stuff.
0: True enough.
2: So easily the trunk. He just would have gave his spare set to, to to Neil, which you would notice half of the time it's always bigger on his head than it is Dell. So it makes perfect sense that it man, you're breaking
0: it down, man. I thought, you know, the trunk was like the briefcase in Pulp Fiction to me.
2: Yeah, no, sir. Th- that's what it is, son. It's from his trunk,
0: man. Nice job. Well done.
2: There you go. So no more nitpicks for you, sir. All right, then. <laughs> but we still have the skeleton one, so that's okay. No big deal. <laughs> we got to have at least one, right? unlike predator we had like what for something <laughs> all right so um they they get to the the train station yes and this this ending man is kind of like it's kind of like two endings you know like where you think they're breaking apart you know and and they're trying to say goodbye and he gives them you know neil gives del a hug it's like cool and you see Dell trying to say goodbye but kind of like i want to still hang around you you know He's, oh definitely yeah so good man
0: Yeah, they're standing there on the platform of the L, you know, and it's, it's finally done. We finally, I'm close to home. This is the last thing, nothing bad can happen. And yeah, it is, it's a melancholy moment of like, man, we've gone through so much, you know, we've got a heck of a story to tell, but you know, the the adventure's over and you can, you know, the Dell is just going to go back to being lonely now. And, you know, I got to find somebody else that'll acknowledge me, you know, and. It's so sad, and you know, Neil gets on the Neil gets on the, uh, on the the train and takes off, and you see him replaying in his head all the things, all the little foreshadowing bits that that Dell had dropped, you know, about who he was, and yeah, it dawns on him like, oh, wait a minute, you know, this this, this guy ain't going home.
2: This is done very good, man. I mean, he's. You got the real great music. You got the, the great memories they had. And then you're right. They, they start to, to – he starts to put the pieces together and stuff that he never thought about. And then his face instantly shifts to where, you know, I haven't been home in years. And it repeats to himself. And then you're like, oh, okay, you're starting to get it. You're right, man. Steve Martin on that, jo- on that scene killed it. I mean he well, killed this movie, but that scene he killed it in, man.
0: Well, yeah, and you see because it's kind of intercut too with him like just – picturing his family like oh man i can't wait to see my kids oh, i can't wait to see my wife you know i'm just like i'm almost there you know i can imagine what they're gonna look like when i walk in the door and then it's like well what wait a minute this guy doesn't have any of that you know it just kind of dawns and i'm like well del Dell doesn't have this to go home to you know and it's just it's a touching scene with yeah with no dialogue with just his face kind of yeah. you know reacting
2: okay so um What I really love about the next scene where he gets off and and his face is like, I wonder if I'm going to be able to find him. Because clearly he's been on this train because, I mean, when you're dealing with the L people, just so you know, it takes about a good 30 minutes before you can go in reverse. You go one way and then you need either another train to go backwards or if you stay on the same train, it'll eventually go backwards. But it's about a good 30 to 40 minutes. So – Clearly, you know, he. you could see in his face he's so worried if he's going to be able to catch up to him. And I love when he opens the door how his face kind of goes to like, I'm pissed off at you. Like, why are you here? But it's kind of a, a, like a relief almost. Like, oh, I didn't have to search him down. Now I can kind of be mad at him. But not really. He's like, Del, what are you doing here, you know? And then you hear the story. Dude, if you don't break out in tears, man, when you hear this story, you're just like,
0: Wow. You know, the, the, the look on John Candy's face, too, is what really sells it for me is because he does. He looks up and he looks like a kid who just got caught in a lie. Yeah. You know, when when Neil walks in like Joe and it's just he's just like, you know, kind of head down, almost ashamed. Like, you know, everything I've said is it's not all true, you know, and just kind of tells the story about how Marie's been dead for eight years now. Yeah, You know, you just like, oh, man, yeah, it's heart wrenching.
2: It is. And I mean, I like how they don't give you all the details, how you yeah. get to do your own, you know, like, well, why is he homeless? Why, what happened to his house and stuff that you don't need to know that stuff. Yeah, you know? no, no, no. It's awesome that it's I think what John can't uh, what John Hughes cut out is probably for the best and probably a good thing. We'll never see the other stuff hit the light of day. But yeah. and when we finish here, we'll talk about the TV scenes. Um, this scene still to this day, even today made me tear up a little bit when, when he, when they walk in the door and that music's playing, you know, everywhere Mm -hmm. you go. And just when Steve Martin sees his wife and she starts to cry, kills me every time, dude. Yeah. So good. And I love it because I, I like to play what happens after this movie because we don't have a sequel. And I clearly think that he let him stay over and he helped him get a job. That's kind of I, these two. He clearly didn't put him back out on the street. He no. he let him hang out. He's got a big house, and you know probably set some crazy rules for him. You know like hey, don't do some of the stuff we did out on the road. You know you gotta show some respect. But I'm gonna help you get a job, and I'll help you get an apartment or whatever. You know clearly these two are in each other's lives forever.
0: Oh yeah, I know. I always assume that yeah, Dell's gonna stay there for a little while, get on his feet, and. I mean, he's kind of like Uncle Dell to the kids, to the family, you know, just kind of like they sit around the house, you know, cracking up about stories. Man, remember when you drove us the wrong way down the highway? You you almost killed me, you know, and (laughs) and it just becomes it becomes like Uncle Dell's here, you know. And yeah, I think obviously that's what I like about that. That final motel scene is that you can kind of see that. You know, like I said, Steve Martin's kind of Neil has dropped all his all his defenses, and it's just like this guy, you know, just I why well, keep fighting it? You know, this guy needs a friend. You know, and it, that's exactly I, I agree with you. I see that afterwards, like all right, you know, we can get you a job or whatever, and and you know he comes around and he's got crazy stories and he's he's that eccentric friend of your dad's, you know, and just. <laughs> Yeah, I, exactly.
2: I mean, as you said about foreshadowing, that scene kind of foreshadows what would happen after the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it does a really good job of doing that, you know. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, just the way his his wife just instantly accepts him. You know, they introduce him to everybody, and she's like, Mr. Griffith, it's great to meet you. Exactly. You know, and you can just tell, like, he's already welcomed in.
2: Yeah. I mean, clearly there's there's been some off uh, scenes of, of Neil... Letting his wife know what's been going on. Oh yeah, you know know, clearly. Even though, so you
0: know, at some point he told her like he's a good guy, you know, because in the the first few phone calls are like this guy, and she's like, who is this guy? (laughs) You know, like I don't know, but I can't get rid of him. You know, he keeps showing up, and and, you know, finally, you know, at the the motel, he he makes a call to her, like you know this guy you know he's all right you know he's he's there's something going on but what you know and so she accepts him it's not like wait you're that guy that you know caused my husband to lose this and and that you know
2: yeah i mean we we see the scene where he wants to make the phone call but it's locked so i mean off scene off screen somewhere that would have happened i agree with you because her tone is completely different when she sees him you know yeah. what i mean because i mean she's been in depression because he hasn't been home i mean in two days man i mean let's talk believability factor clearly the crap that happened in these two days would you buy that these two are now lifelong friends based on everything that happened in these two days i do what about you
0: oh yeah okay oh yeah i mean because because if friendships forged through tragedy or through extreme events it's just you know they're stronger. You're forced to be face to face with that person through all kinds of crazy events in your life. So yeah, I definitely believe that.
2: Excellent. Um, so go- before we do, you know, closing up with ratings and stuff, the TV stuff, I remember when, uh, it's early on and he's on the, the bus before is the first time they're together and a girl puts her hair in his food. Do you remember that? That it's in the no. TV version where, uh, this is before he takes off, like he takes off his shoes. He takes off his socks. Oh,
0: and, and, when they're on the airplane. Yeah. And right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I
2: apologize. It's the airplane. And right after that, he, he looks down at his food and there's blonde hair sitting in there. And he looks up at the camera and gives you that look of like, great. Yep. Yeah. That's Del though. <laughs> exactly. That's the only TV scene that I remember. I, I know in the trailer, I think, uh, we have Del brushing his teeth. Yep, or something. So, yep. what do, what do you remember of the TV stuff?
0: That's really it. Um, I think I've always seen this on the TV once or twice. Okay. Uh, I do remember the yeah. I do remember the brownie scene on the plane. Um, and having rewatched the trailer just the other night, I yeah, you know, the brushing teeth. But I, I don't know of any other scenes from the TV. Excellent.
2: Yeah, that that's. I wanted to make sure that i wasn't missing anything because that was the only one that i remember for the most part was uh you know the blonde stuff so good times Mm -hmm. all right sir um i mean clearly people knew we loved this movie clearly i mean it should be no secret what our rating is on this one Mm -hmm. i just think it's cool that we have one nitpick and it's the same exact one (laughs) yeah and that's the skeleton one Very rarely does that happen. Usually you have one nitpick that I don't. Vice versa, you know, good times. So do we even need to tell people what we think of this movie, sir?
0: I think it's pretty obvious, but I guess I'm going to go on record. This movie is at six stars. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. Easily, easily. I I
0: mean, this is, you know, like
2: Karate Kid, I gave like 5,000 stars. This one is way above five stars. It's just, it's lightning in the bottle. It's, you know... You know, time traveling, Peter, I haven't got to his email yet, but he had never seen this movie and he, you won't believe how much he loved it. You know, it's just Excellent. like everything that we've sold to the people out there, they've responded with the same thing that we have. And this movie came out in 87, dude. Yep. And it's 2013. And if a movie like, th- I mean, think about it, this movie, you don't really have to worry about technology and all that other stuff. There's oh, it's nothing. timeless. Yeah. It's a timeless movie. There's nothing that dates this movie. It's a movie that, yes, it's made for Thanksgiving and watch it on Thanksgiving, but you could easily flip this on in the summertime and just have as much fun as oh, yeah. this movie easily.
0: Yeah. So The, the thing is, is, this movie is, I, I mean, I, I don't know. For me, subjectively, I think Steve Martin and John Candy are two of the, they're on the Mount Rushmore of comedic actors, of just genius comedic actors. And I think it's both of them at their best, at their peak. You know, and I, I don't think it could get any better than this. I don't think this is a movie. This movie, this premise has been remade a bunch of times. You know, due date is oh. kind of a blatant ripoff of that premise. And, you know, they do it a lot. And, you know, a road trip movie is not original to this movie. But I don't think you can do it better than these two did it. I and John Hughes, I mean, again, you know, this, <laughs> this is what? The third or fourth John Hughes movie you and I have covered?
2: Uh, let's see. Uh, weird, we weird science, weird science, some kind, some, of some kind of wonderful, Is that it? Um, this one, and there's one more, um, I, it's gotta be in there. Um, I mean, I've done Ferris Bueller's day off before yeah. and home alone, but home alone isn't it, he's written uh, home alone, but he didn't direct it. I but.
0: mean, this is just classic John Hughes writing of just how he writes characters and just makes characters real and lovable yeah. and full of emotion without it coming off as cheap yep. without it coming off as you know ingen disingenuous or whatever you know i just yeah i love this movie so much i
2: hear you i hear you man good times so five you know six stars for me six stars for you we're done sir good
0: times so all right
2: so let's hear uh what the stl nation had to say about this one sir
0: there better be a bunch of them. Oh keep
1: down the best.
2: Oh man. So, we have uh like 3 but it's okay. We got Lisa the Legend, Hurricane Andrew, and Time Traveling Peter, sir. So right. we got two of the same from last time when we did Predator. So here we go, sir. Let's start off with Hurricane Andrew. Here's what he had to say. Dear STL family, I like that. It's true. Mm, we that's nice. we are all one dysfunctional we are family. Who sings that song? Us. Let them sing it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wicked burn. Sorry, I, I I had to do that to you. I'm sorry. Okay, I only saw this movie for the first time a year ago and found it hilarious. I think this is Steve Martin's funniest movie and is also probably John Candy's funniest role. The only uh, other John Candy movie I like as much as this is The Great Outdoors. Hands down, five-star movie and the best Thanksgiving movie there is. Another John Hughes classic. I can't believe it took me this long to find it. Hurricane Andrew.
0: I agree on every point you said.
2: Exactly, sir. 100%. And I mean, seriously, how many Thanksgiving movies are there? There's only this in Dutch. Am I correct?
0: That's all I've found so far. Yeah.
2: I, I'm sh- I'm sure there's like Thanksgiving. Ki- oh, there's Thanksgiving. At least worth watching, though. Exactly. Keyword, key you know, worth watching. All right, sir. Our next one comes from Time Traveling Peter. First time watching this movie as of yesterday. Here we go, sir. Greetings, Ms. Soonis, Jameson, and the STL Nation. Great to have you guys back again and review this time Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. It was my first time watering it, as I (laughs) did in the last episode. Uh, And might I say, I had a blast. Big explanation point. For the longest time, I didn't know this was written and directed by John Hughes. I really do miss his movies, don't we all? Uh, this particular one is just as hilarious as advertised by you, Mike, and I can say that I am definitely a fan of this movie. There's nothing to dislike at all, so I will just list the things or scenes I really liked and enjoyed. This isn't one, but I dug the cameos by super young Kevin Bacon and also uh, Michael McKean, who was in STL episode Short Circuit 2. Way to pull it back, sir. <laughs> I love John. You know, Time Traveling Peter is like STL, like a uh, library, or the the, what's that the thoris or whatever you call it
0: (laughs) the encyclopedia
2: yeah you know that's what he is if you need to reference something ask him and boom he can get it for you good times i love john candy in this movie no one else has been able to capture that charm he has i mean dude seriously i mean chris farley was great but John,
0: nah, K- nothing near
2: it. John Candy is, you know, in a in a class all by himself. John Candy was
0: an actor. I love Chris Farley. I adore him. He grew up right near me, but he wasn't an actor. Yeah, you know, he didn't have the emotion that Candy had.
2: I hear you. Uh, definitely has very good uh, screen presence. His physical comedy is hilarious. It shows on the scene when they're driving in the wrong lane and r- without dialogue. He uses hand gestures to poke fun at the couples in the other car. I love this little speech about how he likes himself and his wife and customers like him. I'm a real article. Uh, what you see is what you get. A very strong message that tells viewers to take a stand and accept who you are. Don't accept bullying. I couldn't say it better myself. The better, uh, the banter between Steve Martin and John Candy is hilarious. The movie due date tries to redo this movie and does not hold a candle to it. Not as great as writing or chemistry, in my opinion, in that movie. I thought the car rental scene was hilarious. You're right again. Such a funny scene involving the use of the f word. The score and soundtrack were awesome. It's total 80s, and I enjoyed the alternate version of "Every Time You Go" at the end, which I do, man. I love that song. It's so mm-hmm. awesome. And for my favorite scene towards the end, when they separate and Steve Martin's on the train, he starts to think about his family, and it cuts back and forth between how he's imagining it will uh, be once he gets home. You see how he's excited, extremely excited, and then all of a sudden he starts reminiscing on his brief moments with Dell. And you see his change and start to feel bad that Dell is going to be alone for Thanksgiving. It was just shot so brilliantly. And it cuts back and forth. We're so effective. I love it. Overall, I give this movie five stars. Yes, that's right. One of the few I've given, if any. Thank you guys for reviewing and introducing me to an awesome movie. I can't wait for December. And hopefully, just hopefully, there's a couple more episodes than there was in November. <laughs> We shall talk about that at the end, sir. Uh, You guys do a great job and make me laugh, even on the busiest and craziest season of work. If uh, we don't hear from you soon, I wish you guys a happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, time traveling, Peter.
0: There's two things I want to say. First, I feel like Peter read my mind and then wrote the email. (laughs) Because he was using the same sentences I used. And we can say, I don't read these emails, right? It's true, sir. I have no access to these emails. No, you do not, sir. That was pretty crazy. And secondly, dude, there's two people right there that have never seen this movie. We've done our job. Exactly. We got people to watch this movie. We did, man. You're welcome, America. Exactly. I mean,
2: only three people wrote in, but I'm totally with it, sir. And it's true. I mean, CCP is your show, and you don't even see those emails, sir. I told you we got a new email, and you're like, really? I was like, yeah. So it's all good, sir. Good stuff. Good times. And our final email, sir, just came in a couple minutes ago from Lisa the Legend. Here we go, sir. Hi, y'all. It's just little homie. It feels like forever since I wrote in. Go ahead, sir. You can give her some banter on this one. She hasn't wrote in, in a long time. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, Keep going. yeah. You need to write in more often, Lisa. We miss you.
2: <laughs> I'm pumped for this review. I wanted to watch it, but I couldn't get my hands on it last week. Uh, I will leave the details to y'all since you've just watched it. Okay. So first I have to comment about Predator. Tiss Tiss, Mike. Oh gosh. What'd I Whoa. do now? Yeah, Andrew called me out on the mass thing. Did you you read yeah, that? Yeah, I up? saw that. Yeah, which good call, sir. Hey, that works, man.
0: He answered a question. Yeah,
2: I'm cool with that. You know, where he took Schwarzenegger up against the, you know, where I said he should have snapped his neck, but he was just, you know, thinking he's a good foe and took
0: he off his to mask. Judge him worthy.
2: Yeah, that was good. I like that explanation. I'm totally sold, nitpick gone, thrown in the garbage. Okay, you can't bring up a classic 80s song and forget the artist. It's true, uh, Kim <laughs> Wilde. Uh, but, you know, I, I actually had to go and re-buy the song on iTunes because my original copy sucked and I didn't want to play it. So I may have forgotten her name, but I gave the girl my 99 cents. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. Second, I have always it's always a good time for Richard Marks song. And before anyone <laughs> chimes in, uh-huh, Jameson, just in case you do, I'll give you one of my favorite one-liners. Act right before you get smack right. Ha <laughs> just Josh <you>. and <laughs>
0: I love some Richard Marks, man.
2: Heck yes, yeah, sir. He was on the last underground hour. Check it out. Good times. I couldn't pass up on the opportunity to rave about John Candy. I remember when I was young thinking of how awesome he was and definitely still do as an adult. I love watching his movies. People need reminding how amazing he was. I remember thinking this guy is so good at his roles. It was the first time I could uh, root for a bigger guy who people weren't obsessed with how skinny he was, which is so true. Nobody ever cares about his weight, which is so awesome, especially in Hollywood, man. Everybody's like, oh, you know, like Chris Farley, that's the fat guy. John Candy, that's the great actor.
0: Talent overcomes.
2: Exactly. The one-liners in here are just epic. Looking forward to listening to Jameson quoted up. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, at least, of the legends. So that's all of our emails, sir. So thank you, everybody who wrote in.
0: Yes, the people that wrote in, you are my favorite people in the nation. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man, that's good times sir. <laughs> All right, so uh that is it. So let's get into the music spotlight. Here
1: comes the- Ready and-
2: All right, sir. So me and you, we talked offline, and there goes my voice cracking. Congratulations
0: on puberty, man.
2: I know. It's good times. (laughs) Uh, I was like, dude, what song should we do for the music spotlight? I got nothing. You're like, dude, I ain't got nothing. So I said, when in doubt, we do some Rock Me Amadeus, right? And you're like, (laughs) I can always go for some Rock Me Amadeus.
0: I love some Falco, man. It's
2: true. So I'm going to do two, sir. Uh, I'm going to do the classic uh, Rock Me Amadeus, but I'm also going to showcase the new Daughtry song um you know waiting for superman because it's a very good song it's got a lot of superman references in there but it's just it's a great amazing tune so i think you'll really enjoy it man it's i can't
0: wait to hear both of these songs
2: yeah man it's definitely like uh kind of chris daughtry just just man just kind of pouring his heart out on this song i really dig it it's good times so so i'm gonna play both of these tunes because you know it's thanksgiving i'm gonna Give the love of music to everybody. There you go. I don't know. I got, I got no line for that no,
0: one. No, just go with it. It's, yeah. It worked.
2: Just go with it. There you go. All right, sir. So here's the deal. Snow is coming, and we were in this predicament last year. We had all these plans. You got snow. You had to go work, and we had to cancel some of our shows and postpone them, blah, 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 blah. So here's what I'm thinking for next month, sir. Definitely going to do Terminator 2. All right. Because we got to do an Arnold movie. And we talked about Running Man, but... Terminator 2 is Hurricane Andrew's favorite movie. We just did Predator. We got to do the two best Arnold movies, right? Let's
0: do it, man. I gotta trash that movie. Let's do it. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: and then, um, I and then we talked about doing Indiana Jones Temple of Doom, which I'm excited for. Uh, for the Christmas episode, uh, I figure I'll do Home Alone 2 this year. If you can make it, excellent. If you can, I'll still, you know, I'm still gonna do that because I always do a Christmas episode, so I'm not gonna stop now. And that usually comes around around Christmas. I, I did Home Alone last year, so I'm gonna do Home Alone Two this year. And then we're done. Never gonna do any home alones after that.
0: So <laughs> very good, good choice. Yeah.
2: So <laughs> the the plan is for sure with us is Terminator two. That's a given one hundred percent.
0: That's a lock.
2: Exactly. That's a lock. Uh Home Alone two and Indiana Jones two are tentative up in the air. With
0: good use of the word. Yeah.
2: For sure, I'm doing Home Alone too. but if, you sh- if you're if you there, no snow, boom. We'll, we'll get it done. Uh, for CCP, what we decided to do is uh, we're going to do a big Christmas special. Uh, we're going to do uh, – in regards to Christmas, sir, should we do like the best uh, Christmas shows? Like, for example, Saved by the Bell had a Christmas special. We have Charlie Brown has a Christmas special. Should we do like a top ten? Yeah, I
0: could do it. Yeah, yeah, a little Christmas spectacular.
2: Yeah, like the, the top ten best Christmas – themed uh,
0: episodes. So, Ooh, sounds like Star Wars holiday special is going to be on my list.
2: <laughs> So that's what we'll do for CCP. So for sure, you'll hear both of us on Terminator 2 and CCP next month. And then we'll leave it to Mother Nature for the rest. That's kind of a lock there, sir. That's right. And then for sure, the final episode will be the one I can't wait for, the top 20 tunes of 2013 with my top five of 2013 movies included in that list that we talked about last time so yes so that's it man i i think that is the plan for next month what do you think sir is that a good plan
0: it sounds it sounds stupendous to me i'm excited for it
2: excellent and i got feedback that people liked it better when it was me and you and not me and arnold so <laughs> <laughs> i would hope that would be the case people so good times cool. all right all right sir um you go ahead and pimp your new episode sir that you just posted go ahead um
0: which of which show, Mike?
2: Oh, you got two. That's right. I forgot. There's
0: so much going on. Yeah. No. Um, Yeah, I actually have two new episodes that came out this week on two different shows. I got our new episode of Movie Mojo Monthly. Um, we we covered Thor, Dark World, Enders Game, a whole bunch of movies. And um
2: And Brian's that... happy on that episode. Yeah, man. He was all <laughs>
0: fired up and we're 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 looking forward to our our December. There's so many movies coming out, you know, so we're excited for those. And also uh the new podcast that Jason and i are doing real films podcast um we just put our new episode uh, you know covering the up series of documentaries and we're getting together uh, in the next few days to do our new episode about the documentary american movie which everyone should go see um we got a lot of nice feedback we're still having troubles with the first episode <laughs> it's funny because we Amazing. put out that we wanted people's feedback and what they would like us to do you know we We've got a thousand documentaries we want to do, but we wanted to hear what the listeners would like us to do. And the first email we got was from Peter saying, dude, you guys should do King of Kong. That's an awesome documentary. And I'm like, <laughs> that was our first episode. Are you serious? It's, yeah. So I love it, Peter. Great thinking. But um, we, we got to fix this thing and get this episode back up there because it was a lot of fun. It's the first episode. You know, hopefully it's good. So. Um, check us out over at Real Films uh, Podcast. Find us you know, linked on, on the STL Nation page. So I uh, appreciate all the support from everybody. It's
2: true. Uh, yeah, Episode 1 does not show up on iTunes. Only and when you subscribe, you get Episode 1. But Episode 2 shows up. Uh, but you still have no ratings or reviews. You have one review from Jason and one from me. But we need to get the stars going. Everybody go out there, give them five stars, and let everybody know that It's a documentary podcast that you cannot miss out because I'll be honest, I'm not a documentary guy, but everything you guys have talked about, I want to run on and grab that stuff, especially good times, man.
0: I got to say, I I saw your review last night. That was an excellent review. That was really nice. Thank you.
2: Yeah, no problem, man. I meant every word of it. It wasn't, you know, like me trying to just, you know, know, I was being honest in my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you two are my friends, but. I checked, I first checked it out because to be honest with you, when you said it was about documentaries, I'm like, ah, I'll I'll check it out to support you. And then the first episode hit and the content was so solid. I'm like, man, this is good stuff. And then number two came out. I'm like, man, this is good stuff. So yeah, I love it, man. It's it's good times. And that's when I know it's a good podcast, when it makes me want to listen to something I normally don't, do on a regular basis or that I check out on a regular basis but I want to hear the podcast what you That's guys awesome. say so it's good times man um so yeah hopefully on iTunes uh you know STL guys subscribe there when you know you pull up STL you get to the bottom it says people also subscribed we want to get real films down there too like we have which yeah. monthly it was cool hearing the email that we had a CCP listener who doesn't even like the Facebook page you know that that was kind of funny, sir. I dug that.
0: Yeah, I actually found I found Brandon on Twitter. He follows us on Twitter.
2: Oh, okay, very good.
0: That's <laughs> <In> my life.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, I I do use it some. And funny enough, when I listened to episode one of Movie Mojo, you said "very good" a few times, and it actually worked. I was like, ah, pre very good. Uh, ranting I'm going to do later on in the future. That he I catch doesn't... myself
0: in real life now because of you jerks. I
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to write into your uh, shows, what's the email address, sir?
0: Um, Movie mojo monthly at gmail.com and real films podcast at gmail.com.
2: And I have a gmail address as well. STL podcast at gmail.com. You guys already know. Uh, don't forget to go on Facebook and like the page Jameson has more likes than me, and that's ugh, annoying. Two years already, and I got 67 people. Come on. I know I got more listeners than that out there. I see the people that subscribe. I know who you are. I know where you live. Come on. That's
0: threatening. <laughs> I know.
2: I'm just kidding. I don't know where you live. I just know what country you're in. So. But, uh, yeah, download. You don't know, go like the page. And most of all, be part of the STL Nation. We got tons of – man, we interact daily in that yes. thing so if you want to be part of the show that's the place to be and in 2014 early 2014 i was asked what am i doing i think it was last action hero and you don't like that movie so i think it'd be a fun conversation we can have kind of rocky five again you know why i like it why you hate it it'd be good times you know and i agree yeah i think that'd be a fun one because we'll have two arnold movies that we totally are like oh it's awesome and then we'll get a movie that i like and you don't so i think that would be fun man it'd be a good conversation
0: I'm down for some last action, hero. I, I I don't hate it, but I don't like it. Right. Good times.
2: So let's uh, – in regards to early 2014, for sure, I want to do uh, Better Off Dead. I think that's the movie Tawana wants to be on. Yes. So I got to get her on because I've been promising her forever and it just hasn't worked out yet. We already had Lisa on. So 2014 is going to be exciting. Now, in regards to what Peter said – You know, November and December are the holidays, so that's why you know STL really doesn't crank out a lot of episodes. When January hits, we're full we're full blown, man. Back to four or five episodes a month, you know. So good times. All right, man. I think that is it, sir. I agree, dude. This I think we are the most detailed review of this movie that's ever done a review on planes, trains, and automobiles. We Nobody went,
0: loves it more than us.
2: We went through everything. It was awesome. I was like, man, we cut. we did everything. We didn't skip none. A good time. So, <laughs> all right, man. Uh, thank you for joining me. I'll catch you. Uh, obviously, we, you know, you're not going to hear this until December. You know, you guys have a great Thanksgiving. You know, of course, we'll keep interacting in the in the nation. But you know, as far as from me, you won't hear STL until the first week of December, and that's when uh, hopefully you'll hear Terminator 2 as the next episode that's what the plan is the first week of december to do terminator 2 cool so
0: it's gonna be- send some leftovers my way
2: yeah leftovers and emails you guys have plenty of time to write in send me your black friday stories and we'll go ahead and read them on terminator let's see how many funny stories we can get and be and i'll explain my adventure that i had and i can't wait to talk about so great idea all right chief thanks so much man and uh i will catch you on the next episode so uh you guys have a good one take care happy thanksgiving as soon as
1: out. So. She's watching the taxi driver. He pulls away. She's been locked up inside her apartment a hundred days. She says, yeah, you're still coming just a little bit. He got stuck at the laundromat, washing his cape. She's just watching the clowns roll by. And they spell her name like Louis Lane. And she smiles all the way she smiles. She's talking to angels, counting the stars. Trap. Two of the Er war zu exaltiert, genau das war sein Flair. Er war ein Lötter-Usel, war ein Rocky-Doll und alle suchten haltet.
2: All right, sir. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Because you know what? I kind of felt bored talking movie and music news because I was just like, man, I just want to get to this. So here we go, man. Why don't you lead off, sir? Because I don't know. Right. I, I just want you to do it because I'm bored. I'm not bored. I'm just like, oh, I cannot talk today. Edit. Let me Words fix are
1: difficult. Oh, my gosh. Putting words in order is tough. It's true.